Sportswomen of Colorado made history in 1975 as the first organization in the country to honor the achievements of female athletes on a statewide level. You'll hear from Executive Director Linda Lappy how this awesome nonprofit continues to elevate and inspire the best of women in sports on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am thrilled to welcome an old friend and a Colorado women's basketball legend, Linda Lappy, Executive Director of Sports Women of Colorado, an awesome nonprofit that promotes, honors, and empowers Colorado women and girls in sports. Linda came to Sportswomen of Colorado after serving as the Senior Women's Administrator and Senior Associate Director of Athletics for the University of San Francisco. Prior to joining the staff at USF, she served as the Senior Vice President of Competition and Regional Services at Special Olympics Colorado. Before becoming a nonprofit leader and senior administrative leader, Linda forged a long and successful career in women's basketball in Colorado, first as a player, then a coach. As a player for the University of Colorado, Linda was a key member of squads that reached the NCAA tournament three times, including an appearance in the 2002 NCAA Elite Eight. After graduating from CU as a three-time All-Academic Big 12 honoree and two-time team captain, she began a coaching career that included a three-year head coaching stint at Metro State University of Denver and a six-year run as head women's basketball coach at her alma mater that saw her lead the bus to an NCAA tournament appearance and two WNIT appearances. She received her BS in business from CU and now is bringing forth the lessons she's learned from being a player, coach, and administrator leader to elevate sportswomen of Colorado. Can't wait to get into all of it. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Jay. And thanks for having me. It's uh wow. That was quite the introduction. And I, I appreciate uh, uh, all the words and it makes me sound really old. I have to say um, <laughs> when you start to think about all the different experiences and places and all the great people that I've had the chance to work with and work for. So I appreciate you having me on and look forward to, to talking with you. Well, I'm full transparency. I, I got to know Linda when she was coaching up at CU and I've been a, a giant fan and groupie since. So thrilled to be able to talk about what she's doing now. So how would you describe Sports Women of Colorado and its mission to somebody who really doesn't know anything about it? Well, first of all, uh, Sports Women of Colorado, we're celebrating our 50th year this year. 50. And and um, what's so amazing about that is the vision that those that started this corporation, you know, this this nonprofit right. 50, year, 50 years ago had. And, it, you know, Joan Berklin, um, Dorothy Mock, Jerry Cunningham, uh, those women, you know, came up with the idea that, hey, there are some really great girls and women doing some amazing things in sports in the state of Colorado. We need to celebrate them and celebrate their accomplishments and celebrate who they are and what they're doing. And uh, not only them as, you know, uh, amazing sports stars, but also who they are as leaders in their community and, and who they are as people. And so they started an event um, that's been going for, we're going to celebrate number 50 this year. And, and so awesome. they, the first year they, they honored about 29 individuals. And now we honor anywhere from 40 to 50 individuals 
Um, and one commonality is that they, they have to be amazing, uh, people. And, you know, we do honor some men as well. So, you know, men that have really forged the way for girls and women to be able to participate in sports. Um, you know, we honored gold crown a couple of years ago for all the work that they've done and yep. creating camps and creating, um, leads for, for girls to play sports, um, yep. as young kids and, and all the way up. And, you know, we've honored Michaela Schifrin. Uh, we've honored, uh, 82 year olds who are the world champion in the 400 meters. Uh, we've honored, we, last year we honored, uh, an 11 year old mogul skier as the most promising, uh, award. So we honor, we honor, you know, the best of the best in the state of Colorado and Colorado has some amazing, uh, female athletes and and people who have done some great things. So we enjoy doing that. And um, we, we think our mission is really important to continuing the, the success and really just celebrating um, the accomplishments of, of girls and women. Well, and as somebody who's seen that kind of as both sides, being a player and a coach and an administrator, you know, talk about what your most important role is now as executive director of, of this cool organization. Yeah. So, you know, I talked about Joan Berkland. She kind of founded the organization mm-hmm. and she was the executive director for 40 years. This was kind 40. of her yep. uh, her baby. And, and she was an amazing athlete in her own right in golf and tennis. And I remember getting to know Joni when she would come up and um, watch our games when I was a player as as a student athlete at Colorado. Um, I, I was, I had the chance to golf with her when she was gosh, about 80 or 82 and she still kicked my butt. On the I'm going to say probably still throw <laughs> a 75 or 80. Yeah. 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 She still, she still <laughs> could hit not very far, but that thing went straight and it yep. went in the hole fast. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I look at being able to take her legacy, uh, and, and just be able to continue this organization. And, and we have, you know, it's, um, uh, there's a lot of people that continue to move this thing forward. And we have a great uh, staff of board of directors, uh, Laura Fisher as the board president, she spends a great deal of time, um, you know, volunteering really for the organization. We have, you know, Tanya Javi at Metro state. We have, um, Terry Ward, who's a longtime coach. She's one of our vice presidents, Lynn Barsic. So we have a lot of people that have been involved A-list. in the organization for, for over 20 years. Yeah. Um, and so it's my job really to, you know, kind of do a lot of the work, you know, in, in the background work, a lot of the admin work, yeah. um, but also just help kind of organize and coordinate everything that needs to be done. And, you know, we have a lot of great board members who, um, who actually, you know, strap on their boots and uh, get to work and, and do a lot of the, the tedious stuff as well. So uh, it's a, it's a, it is definitely a team. Uh, nobody, you know, we all volunteer a great amount of time, yeah. um, and so we we try to really spread spread that around to make sure we can continue the mission. Well, it's fantastic. I think you're you're definitely the organization is definitely at an impact because if you think about it think about any sport name a sport basketball tennis golf gymnastics swimming skiing whatever it's you know being grilled out i pay attention to stuff and the and the the level of competition just continues to grow stronger and stronger so what areas have you seen you know, what do you think has had the biggest impact on this level of women's sports reaching new heights? Is it coaching? Is it accessibility to facilities? Is it better training or is it kind of a combination of all of this? Yeah, I would say yes to all of those. I think there is a definite combination. I don't think you can point at any one thing. 
Um, you know, coaching obviously plays a huge role in whether, you know, girls continue to enjoy sports, you know, and one of our, one of our missions is to make sure that they have, they, they enjoy sports lifelong, right. They have the opportunity to play sports, you know, for, for their lives, not just for a short amount of time. And, um, you know, I think guys in general are more apt to do that. Um, you know, and some of it's because there's more opportunities when you, when you get to be in your forties and fifties and some of it's just interest and some of it there's a lot of different combinations but uh to make sure that you know there are women's golf leagues and you know kind of all of those things that if you want to keep playing pickleball you know that's why i think pickleball is so cool as well as it yeah. gives people opportunities to you know play a sport through the duration of of their life if they want to so um so yeah i mean it, it's uh you know, you look at it and, and you look at, okay, what, what is it? I think, you know, for young girls, seeing it on TV is important, right? Seeing girls do something at a really high level and saying, I want to emulate that. I, I remember when I was young um, and I was obviously post, you know, title nine and right. um, you know, but my mom wasn't. And so I knew she had played in college and that was huge to me that to just know that that was a possibility. And um, you know, and, and, and then I remember watching, we, we only had four channels when I was growing up, we yep. didn't have everything in, in small town, Iowa, right. So we had men's basketball that we could watch during the NCAA tournament. We had the NBA, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Michael Jordan and with the bulls in that era. Um, but then every, um, you know, every, so I guess every March or every April, they would have the women's final four. And so that was really the only time I ever got to see women's basketball on TV. And I remember watching Cheryl swoops, I think score 40 in this, in the championship game or something. And I went immediately out to my, you know, little barn driveway, yeah. uh, you know, basketball hoop and started doing this exact same shot, working on the exact same shot that she just scored. She, they couldn't stop it. Right. And so I went out there, I saw that, so I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get great at that shot because if they couldn't stop her, then maybe they could can't stop me, yeah. right? So that that's what you have now that you didn't necessarily even have back when I was right. going through. Is at any point, you know, a young girl can turn on the TV and watch soccer. They can turn on and watch women's Damn. golf. They can right. they can they can see people that that are like them doing some amazing things, and I think that's really powerful. That's awesome. Well, one of the great things about sports is you know better than most people is is really learning how to overcome adversity. You had your fair share of injuries and setbacks in your basketball life. So talk about how some of those lessons that you learned in sports and some of the lessons that any female athlete that learn participates in sports learns about, you know, perseverance and grit and leadership and all of that. I mean, really, when you think about it and now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit in sports now, but I, you know, I have another full-time job and I'm, which is not in sports and it it's about, you know, it is about all of those things that you get from playing sports, you know, sports was never meant to be, to make money. It was never created for that purpose. Um, It was created to learn how to be a part of a team, to learn how to work together, uh, to learn how to communicate, to learn how to get through differences, right? Not, not if you're on a team of 10, you're going to have 10 completely different personalities. You're going to have 10 completely different family, family situations where they're going home to, and they're coming back to, and, um, you know, and it was a coach's, it's always a coach's role to bring that team together. And I always loved team sports because of that. Um, I did some, I played some individual sports growing up as well, but never enjoyed those nearly as much because, 
you know, you didn't have the, it was all, it was too much about yourself, right? When you become a part of a team, it's, I always looked at it as it's your job to make somebody else better. Um, And that same concept is what I now take into, you know, all the things that I do in life and my other jobs. It's my job to set somebody else up for success. Always. It doesn't matter in what position, if you're kind of lower on the totem pole, if you're higher as an executive or, or what that looks like, um, you know, and, and I think that concept is important. The adversity, obviously, not everything goes your way in sports ever. Right. right. Uh, and very similar in life and in relationships and uh, in jobs. And somebody gets a promotion and you don't get a promotion. How are you going right. to react? Right. Just same as playing time. Somebody gets more playing time right. than you. How are you going to react? Are you going to work harder or are you going to complain and, you know, be mad and have a bad attitude. And, and, you know, to me, that doesn't get you very far. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I love sports. It's not because you can dribble with your right or your left hand, or, <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, you can hit a golf ball so far, you can kick a soccer ball to the corner of the goal or whatever that is, you know, it is about all those other little things that sports teaches you to make you better person, to make you better leader. Um, and to just help you get through life in a joyful way. Right. I mean, it's, uh, the, the more you can, the more you can manage all of those different things that come your way, the, the happier you'll be and the more, more joy you'll have in life. Well, and I think to me, one of the biggest challenges of leaderships is the, the ability to have and face and muster the courage to have difficult conversations. And I think, as a head coach and a leader of a program, which you've been a lot, um, you know, that's a big part of your job is, you know, you have to have difficult conversations. Like you're saying, you, you, you're going to have to tell somebody they can't, they're not going to make the team or that they're not going to be a starter or they're, this is why they're not getting the minutes. Those are hard conversations, but that's really what kind of separates really strong leaders to me from ones that aren't as strong. So, you know, talk about how your experiences helped you develop that skill. Yeah. And I, I just have to be honest. That's not one of my better skills. Well, it's no, <laughs> yes, nobody I, enjoys I, those, right? right? Nobody <laughs> likes that. Nobody wants to tell a kid, right. sorry, you don't get to make the team, but you have, no yeah. you have to right. work up the courage to do it. You, you do. And I, I think that is, it's certainly part of leadership um, and doing that tactfully is extremely important to everybody's morale on your team, um, no matter whether it's in sports or, you know, at work or, or wherever. So yes, that, that is extreme. And I've, and I've seen, you know, through my experiences, I've seen that done in a, in a really great way. Um, and I've seen it done in not such a great way. And oh. people that have, an amazing amount of, of tact, um, with that, they, they, they make you feel like you are the best, worst, you know, at whatever you're doing. Right. <laughs> so I always look at that and I say, and, and a lot of it is, um, the fact that they, they can still see something good in you. Right. And they can still see the things that you are doing well. Um, and they can make sure that, you know, of all about all about those things that you're doing very well. And in, you know, at the same time, here are things that we need you to continue to do better. Um, and so, yeah, that is, that's always tough, but yes, in sports, it, you know, you don't, I always say in sports, it's so weird because people act a certain way in sports and they do things in sports that they wouldn't think was right to do in any other part of their life, you know, <laughs> screaming at an official, because right. They didn't do something right. And tell me what, and, and what other 
area of yeah. anything. Would you ever do that? You would never do that at work. You would never do that, you know, ever at home. You would never right. do that anywhere. But all of a sudden you get into the stands and you've got this official and all of a sudden you can, you know, <laughs> just scream at this person without any sort of regard to who yeah. they're actually a person, right? So sports kind of brings out, it can bring out the best, it can bring out the worst. Yeah. Um, and so just understanding how to manage that. Great, great lesson. So I know it's pretty early in your stint with Sportswomen of Colorado, but do you have a favorite moment uh, from your time yet? Or have you had one of those kind of aha moments where it's like, this is why I'm doing this? Yes. Uh, last year, um, as we picked our, our honorees for 2022. So we typically do that in January. Um, and then I have the privilege of, of calling all of them to let them know that mm. uh, they're Sportswomen of Colorado award winner. And um, it's, it's a little bit daunting because last year there were 49 of them. Um, but it is really important that, you know, we, we call them and we let them know. And um, one of the neatest unexpected um things to come around was just the, those conversations with some amazing girls and women that were so grateful uh, for the opportunity and just, you know, kind of, as you read their stories, we sent them a questionnaire and we said, you know, who had, who had an impact on your, on your sports career? Who's had an impact on your life? Uh, what does this award mean to you? So we just asked them a few different questions and their answers to those questions it was not surprising why they were really yeah. successful in what they did because it wasn't about them. It was about all the people that have helped them along the way. They, wow. they, they had a great perspective and and I, I would say almost all of them, it was just so neat to, and refreshing to see, okay, this is what sports is about, right? Because wow. sometimes when you're in it for a long time, you start to lose some of that. And so I remember thinking, wow, what a cool job that I have to be able to talk to, you know, these young, young women. And, and even all, I remember talking to Mary Smith, who is 82 years old. She was the world champion in the 400 meters. And I called her and she said, I'm doing deadlifts in the gym right now. Can I call you back? I'm like, wait a minute, That's Mary. Awesome. I would break my back if I did a deadlift. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so just, it, it was just really, um, it was really awesome to hear about the people uh, yeah, that, that, that is, really make it go. So that is kind of a hopeful moment, right? To, to encounter that kind of humility <laughs> with, with people that are great. So when you look back and uh, in, in what you're doing now, um, you know, what are some of the, I would say, bedrock uh, leadership principles you've learned and leaned on in, in throughout your career than in what you're doing now? Well, I think the biggest thing when you're, um, you know, in leadership is to have a vision uh, and then to be able to communicate that vision. Right. Because if you don't know which direction you're going um, and you can't accurately communicate that to the people that are helping you and working with you and, um, you know, that, that you need support from, then it's impossible to get there. And so I think just being able to to come up with a with a vision with you know with collaboration with all of our board members um you know i think that's always the first piece in leadership um you know and then you know some of it's just what, with what we're doing it, it's just a lot of hard work <laughs> you know it's a and i think to be a leader you have to be you know i would always tell 
our team captains this and everybody knows this is your team is really good when your best player is also your hardest worker, right? So I think it's the same thing in any sort of company. You're the CEO, the executive director, the manager, the, the you know, the director, whoever it is, they should be the hardest worker on the team. Yeah, and if they're not willing to yeah. do that, then they're not in, in, a, in the right spot. So I think that's always um, a, a main piece of it. Um, you know, and then just, you know, you gotta, you also have to make it, make it fun, make it engaging, uh, whatever you're doing work-wise, you know, this, this is kind of, like I said, this for sportsmen of Colorado, it's all volunteer for, for, for most everybody. And so, um, it has to be something that they can rally around that they believe in, uh, that they have fun doing. And it's not always fun. There, there is some work uh, to get to where you need to, to go. But um, oh. I think that's also a really important piece of it is to have fun while you're doing, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, because if it's not fun, it's probably not worth it. Great lesson. So what gets you and keeps you excited about the future of sports women in Colorado? Well, it's exciting because now we're in that we're trying to create a vision for the next 50. Right. So we had our last 50 and, um, you know, what what does the organization look like in the next 50 years and what does women's sports look like in the next 50 years? And I think there's been some great progress even in the last like three or four years. I mean, you look at the NCAA Women's Championship, you look at the World Cup, you look at, you know, what Michaela Schifrin's done. I mean, there are there's some really good momentum in women's sports, but it just, it doesn't want, it didn't just get there, right. There were a lot of people that worked really hard that spent a lot of time, had a lot of passion. Um, You know, Annie Hoskinson, the the former executive director of sportswoman of Colorado, she tells a story about how she went to the AD at university of Denver way back in the day and said, we need to be able to play. And uh, you know, it took a lot of, it took a lot of people, a lot of courage um, to, to be able to get us to where we are now. And so now it's, you know, kind of my generation and the, and, and younger generation to, to be able to keep that passion going and to not take it for granted. Um, it doesn't have to continue, you know, we have to put a great product, you know, to, to continue to make money, do right. playing sports. If that's the direction that it goes, uh, you have to put a great product on the, on the, yeah. on the court, on the field, you know, it's, it's entertainment, right? Sports is entertainment. And so yep. you have to be entertaining. <laughs> you have to, you know, be good. You have to, right. you know, right. it doesn't, it's just not, Hey, we want, we think everybody should come to the game. Well, that's not how it works, right? It's, it's, do they enjoy coming to the game because of the product that they see and um, you know, and, and the, they respect the, the people that are playing they, they, they see great qualities, Um you know, they see leadership, they see great, you know, great people that are, that are just mm-hmm. playing the game and getting paid. So, um, you know, we look at what will that look like? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces that are coming down that could affect that. There's, um, you know, legislation that could affect that. There's a lot of different things, but ultimately we, we just have to continue to um, progress and, and, you know, move the needle and continue to do what we're doing and, um, make sure that we don't take it for granted that we're, we're where we are today, which is we have opportunities. A lot of girls yeah. have a great, lot of great opportunities to do things that they love and to be active and to be healthy and, you know, all of those things. Well, I thought of you because it it had to be really gratifying to watch the Liberty and the Aces in the WNBA finals. I mean, it's prime time. It's a super high level of play, super intense, super interesting series. Mm-hmm. I thought this has to be 
super gratifying for folks like Coach Lappy to watch this and go, yes, people are getting it that we're, this is really fun to watch. Well, and it was fun to watch because they were playing well, right? right. I've seen some in, in previous years. Last year, I thought was also very good. In previous years, I would watch and I would say, I'm not sure if this is the best basketball <laughs> I would want people to be watching, right? And now it is. I mean, you right. watch one of those games and the, the the women are skilled. There's great coaching. Um, you know, you can really see a lot of the things that are happening on the floor. And with the final four, fabulous basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're shooting it well. They they can you know all dribble, pass, and shoot. They, I mean, it's just right. they move well. They you know it's not you know too physical where you know people can't have skill right, right? and so right. there's a, there's a lot of that. So yeah, no, it's we have to continue to, to do that. And a lot of that starts from the little, little, late little kids, you know, I yep. get to coach a fourth and a fifth grade team and um, you know, they're so fun because they're just learning how to play the game. And it, and it, at the same time, all they want to do is play games, yeah. uh, but it's like, wait a minute, we can't run an offensive unless we can pass and right. we can't run an offense unless we can, you know, dribble and see the floor and see our openings and all of those things. And so it's been really fun to kind of start from the, from the lowest levels. And and that is where it starts to have, you know, yeah. to have coaching and to have people that understand the the basics that have to, you know, be involved in order to get to that, you know, WNBA skill level. Yeah. Fabulous. <laughs> well, we'll switch gears a little bit here as we wind down. Uh, and a question I always love to ask is what's something you will read, listen to, or watch today? I have to just say uh, I'm, I'm reading a lot of aviation manuals right now. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I'm just uh, getting into that and um, yeah, learning, learning more every day about the world of aviation. So I'm going to continue to do that. Another hallmark of leadership, lifelong learners. <laughs> so who has, who would you say has been role model or role models for you in, in the work you're doing and throughout your career? Yeah, I mean, I you always go back to your first foundation, which is your parents. Um, yep. and, and I was lucky to have two great parents. My dad was, uh, you know, blue collar, hard worker, um, you know, worked a ton of hours in a really tough job, got dirty every day, wore steel-toed shoes. And so I have, you know, that's kind of, you know, that work ethic piece of it. Yeah. You know, I, I, anytime I start to feel sorry about for myself about what I'm doing. I think about him coming home every day at four o'clock and what he looked like and how tired he was. And the fact that there was no air conditioning and the hundred degree heat oh, and, geez. you know, kind of all of those things. And then, you know, I think my, both of them really supported me in, in doing what I love to do um, in playing sports. I remember them saying, Hey, I'm not going to, we're not going to make you get a job if you play sports, right? It's because you're not going to have time. And I said, okay, I'm playing every sport then because <laughs> I don't want to go to work. <laughs> so, just fostering that love. And I remember, you know, just, uh, they never pushed me. It was always, if it's not fun, don't do it. You know, they didn't expect me to, to go to do anything. They didn't expect me to play. They didn't expect me to, they, they, they had zero expectations. They, but they did help me in whatever it was that I love to do. And, and they were there to support that. And, um, you know, I think that's your foundation. And then, you know, you get into high school and college. And I was lucky to have some really great coaches um, all throughout and that were always super prepared. I, I think, well, you know, one of my favorite coaches of all times was our track coach, which I did not like track. Uh, and he was also a wrestling coach. He's in the Hall of Fame in Iowa for um, wrestling. Um, and he 
he was always so prepared and I never forgot that he would figure out how we could win the track meet um, with who needed to run what and who could get third place over here and who could get these points over here and who uh, could do this so we wow. could win this track meet. And I was like, whoa, that took time and preparation. Uh, and what it did, though, was he, you know, it made somebody feel like their role was really important, even if they couldn't win the event, right? They just knew that he knew they could get third place. And so that was the expectation. And guess what? Most all the time that person got third place because he believed in them and and they were empowered to do that. And, um, you know, and I think Seal Barry was also a great role model, role role model for me. Um, you know, and, and now I have, you know, everything in what you do. I always, I always look at people that are, that I work with or work for, um, and you can see what they do that has made them really successful. And then you want to emulate that. You want to emulate how they, how they prepare, how they work or what they know or how they lead. And, and, you know, I, I think constantly have different role models as you, and when you say role models, it's kind of people that you try to emulate in different, different, different areas of your life. And I'm lucky to be around some really great people right now that are high level uh, in what they do. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm very grateful that I feel like I've been around some amazing people in my life that I've had a chance to learn from and uh, work with. That's fantastic. Well, other than Sports Women of Colorado, is there an organization out there that you really admire their work or want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I, I, mean, I worked for Special uh, Special Olympics Colorado for two years, and the yeah. work that, that Megan and her team does there, and um, you know, I always I watch from kind of afar now, but. I uh, had the chance to coach a little team when I when I was there as well, an, an inclusive team and a unified team. And so I, it's always fun to see the, so all the work that they do and the people that they impact and talk about opportunities that they provide to, to play sports. I mean, we kind of have a lot of that's kind of very similar uh, to what we're able to do as well. And um, but they do it in such a grandiose scale um, here in the state of Colorado. And so they do some amazing work. Awesome. Last one. If anybody listening wants to learn more about Sports Women of Colorado, support you, get involved, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, I mean, we have a website, um, sportswomenofcolorado.org. Uh, that's probably the best way. Uh, we do have uh, our 50th banquet coming up on March 17th, 2024, uh, and that's going to be at the Hyatt Regency Denver Tech Center um at 5 30 and if you go to that website you can figure out how to get tickets uh to come and uh, support an amazing event um, amazing women we're all we're not only going to celebrate the honorees of 2023 but we're also going to look back into our history we, we have a lot of former uh sports women of the year that have said they are coming back to that, that event awesome. um, throughout the 50 years so we're excited to be able to to celebrate the past and, and the future and um, we hope to have a really good keynote speaker that we can announce here in the next couple of weeks. So we hope everybody gets online, gets their tickets, and uh, is able to to come and uh, support the support the event. Yeah, wait for that. I've been to that event before. It's it's knockout. So would would recommend everybody go. But Linda, grateful for your time today. Uh, love what you're doing. Uh, paying forward all the lessons that you've learned, and uh, wish you continued success. Well, Jay, thanks for all you do as well and and really have enjoyed getting to know you and good luck with everything. Thanks for listening and thanks to Linda and the Sportswomen of Colorado team for their work in driving, recognizing, and inspiring girls' participation in sports. 
This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. Running a nonprofit is hard, and I'd love to help you thrive. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about Sportswomen of Colorado and to purchase tickets to their awesome celebration event, visit their website at sportswomenofcolorado.org. Check the show notes for links, and if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.